0: and this is a time where you're going to have your shirt off more than any other time of year and it's not too late to get in shape so what do you got to do to get in shape well for one you could start eating a little better and that means bringing in more nutritious fat into your diet a great way to do that is with mct oil we have regular mct oil that you have to blend which is awesome it's unflavored comes from coconuts not palm oil and has a nice blend including lauric acid which is great for you we have the emulsified mct oil which is also awesome a great way to add that into your diet you'll get the energy from it and it'll support that higher fat ketogenic lifestyle which is absolutely essential and ideal to promote weight loss we also have the keto box that can help get you some keto snacks and then once you take care of your diet the next thing you got to do is take care of your fitness and of course, you've heard me talk about the On It 6 program for a full comprehensive program, but we have a ton of content out there. If you just get a simple tool like a kettlebell and just do kettlebell swings every day, there's a concept called greasing the groove. And that basically just means doing a little bit frequently. You don't have to work out in one fell swoop and that's all you do all day is just 45 minutes of movement and the rest of the time you're just sitting around. You know, Get some of this equipment, play around with it, the cumulative benefit of continuing to move will be probably greater than just solidifying everything into one workout and not moving the rest of your day that's really how i train you know i don't train only one time during the day i'm constantly moving i'm jumping on the trampoline i'm doing swings i'm swimming laps and that's how i stay in shape and i think that's a great concept to have in mind is just continuing to move continuing to Get your body in favorable positions. Check out something like blackswanyoga.tv. It's BSY.tv. Add some yoga into your game, add some steel mace into your game. Really try to well round it, make it fun, enjoy it. You know, combine that with a good nutritional program, and you'll start looking like my man here in the office, the ledge Ian Desmond. A few weeks in on a keto diet, hitting the gym pretty hard. My man's getting shredded. That could be you. That could be you. Make it be you. Go to onitcom dot slash aubrey. We can't give you a big discount on the fitness stuff, but you can get your discount on the MCT oils. Enjoy that, and I hope to see you looking jacked and tan for summer. Much love. When I was a kid, I loved playing role playing games. I loved building up characters acquiring new skills and strengths and tools and weapons and then going on a quest and trying to save the princess, be my best self, live that virtual digital life in a way that was excellent. And as I was going through my 20s and 30s, I started to realize, oh, hey, wait, maybe you could apply some of these same concepts to actual life and look at life the same way that you would look at a game and look at yourself as the hero of that game. And that idea was still in my mind and is still part of my mind. I have some spoken word poetry that talks about it. It's still in my mind now. But what I hadn't done yet was created the real levels and quests and boss battles from my own perspective now. And what I really understand are the tasks and the tools necessary to win this game of life, to use that analogy, that we would need to take now. So I spent some time, I dug deep, I went into it, and I brought in my man, psychologist extraordinaire, Eric Godsey, and we go through our idea of what the game of life might look like. What are the challenges? What are the tools? What are the allies? It's kind of the hero's journey expressed and applied to your day-to-day life. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and love it love to hear your feedback as always and appreciate you guys immensely what up fam welcome to the double secret exclusive podcast with my man eric godsey that's me that's you yeah if you haven't listened to the not secret podcast we did definitely check that out that was dope we talked about the hero's journey that's another analogy another way to look at your life and i think this was a different way to approach it and something that i've been mulling over for a long time because i was a huge fan of role-playing games growing up and really what was happening there i think is you're able to project yourself into a character so like your avatar sometimes you get to create it or sometimes it's out of the box there were some games where you could like build your stats from the start there's a game called wizardry which had like no graphics (laughs) no anything but it was so dope because you had this random lottery of points you could assign and you could be like a samurai or a thief or a wizard or all these spells and stuff but it allows you to project yourself into this avatar Mm. and then have reliable tangible improvement scores that you could get so you get the thrill of getting better which i think is something that we like innately feel addicted to growth yeah we're addicted to growth like that's what we're here for i think we know at a soul level like we're here to learn we're here to grow we're here to improve and with a video game you get fucking stats you get weapons you get <laughs> dope to, shirts dope and armor yeah you had to fight dragons you could equip stuff yeah. you make friends you save people i mean i think about it now the games are so good now like we were final fantasy players right amen
1: amen dragon warrior do you ever get down with yes. dragon yes. warrior fuck
0: i love those games imagine if they were as good as world of warcraft is now
1: i would not have a job i'd not be employed thank god i i, like, I got out just in time
0: seriously like i watched my brother get into world of warcraft and he fucking crushed it in world yeah. of warcraft but it was so consuming because he's got actual real friends <laughs> who really think he he's actually he cool yeah. for what he's doing in the game like that's a mind fuck yeah like that is that's even another layer but regardless like it's that reliable growth you know whereas in real life it's hard man because you spiral you're up and down you don't reach level 10 and then the next level is level 12 sometimes you're at level 10 and it's like oh sorry bitch back to level two yeah and you don't know shit
1: and the frame of reference for what growth is is uh dynamic like your own system for what might be growth can change and and like that's like an existential crisis where the way that you rate your level vanishes and then people fall into abysses but with Final Fantasy, if I I slay that dragon, I'm going from 13 to 14.
0: Exactly. Every time. You're accumulating gold pieces. And you're like, and the gold pieces don't go away. You don't have car payments. (laughs) You're only buying weapons taxes. taxes. There's no taxes taxes. in any role playing
1: game because that would fucking, (laughs) you would turn that shit off.
0: (laughs) If just as you slept, you got
1: less money. 40% taken away from every dragon slaughter? (laughs) That would be the worst
0: yeah bad idea for any game makers to do that but that's life so it it provides this like finite set of rules and things that allow you to progress i also think it's kind of one of the benefits of a traditional martial art is that you know you can belt up and so you get like actual almost like titles or levels or or scores symbolic progression symbolic progression we need yep, and we are direly absent of so i wanted to try and like apply that to apply that to life and it's but it because it really works the same way except just you just don't have that external validation and it was i was so obsessed with the improvement of characters
1: same
2: man
0: like there's the the one the most ridiculous one was this game called quest for glory it was a pc game and i fucking loved that game Mm -hmm. it was like set in like um fucking ancient persia or something like that and they had like genies and yeah and i was like you could choose your guild as like warrior or paladin or thief i was always thieves guild <laughs> <laughs> i just like expressing my shadow side right? of like and Since the early days and they had like a bunch of different characteristics like throwing was one of the characteristics so the thief for a thief who wasn't particularly strong like if i could throw daggers really well i could fuck up desert for creatures sure. like from afar and they couldn't <laughs> yeah. hit me and so i'd literally just pick rocks up type in like pick pick up rocks and then throw the rocks at nothing in mm-hmm. the desert until my stamina dropped and then I would steal food, and then sleep, and build it up, and throw more rocks. Yeah, I would spend hours throwing rocks just to get that one point from like ten to eleven to twelve, you could get up to like ninety nine, yeah. I think, in throwing. And by that time, you were just a fucking savage. Like For some sure. monster comes across the stream, wah bam, dude.
1: It's so what they call it is grinding, and like I was the same way. Like as soon as I got to the point where the tutorial of the game would like let me train. I would just grind for fucking like eight to 10 hours. And so I find that the way you play a video game actually like reflects how you approach life. And what I found, especially when I was young is I was so averse to challenge that I would train and train and train until it became easy. And then I'd stop playing the game. I would train so much where it would become easy and then I'd stop playing it. Yeah, And like, I did that for years until I recognized what I was doing. What I was doing was avoiding challenge. And then I, would still grind a little bit so i could get that like dope sword but then i'd go and actually fight the bosses and it'd be challenging right i mean i sometimes so i would test it early you know but i was almost disappointed
0: when like i barely squeaked by you know right like i wanted to be badass oh yeah just I fucking did. dominate like, like, because you like, put all those hours yeah because yeah. because the game was also so enjoyable to play too and to yeah. win it was always a letdown mm-hmm. to a certain degree it was like you, you won, but it was
1: like there's a period of disappointment. You're I like, cried in my childhood after <laughs> I beat some Final Fantasy games. I'm talking, I have trauma, and, and I'm about to share some trauma with you. I think I was 14 and I beat Kingdom Hearts. Uh-huh. And back in the day, before YouTube, like when you beat a game, you got the cutscene at the end, which was uh-huh. like the ultimate gift so of. That's the payoff. My fucking grandmother was downstairs and was yelling for the whole family to come into the kitchen and she bitched us out about someone not refilling the ice cubes and I missed the cutscene to the game. Oh no. And I, and I cried. <laughs> I was a 14-year-old boy crying in my oh, kitchen no. at my grandmother, and then to go rebeat the boss. But it, you know. Yeah, it's not quite the same. I got that through f- it. No. That first I was just time. bitter the whole time.
0: <laughs> Cause you already knew you could do it. Right. You know?
1: I just had to re fight the boss for it. And in all those games, the boss transforms into, like, just gets uglier and larger as you beat the versions. Or at least that happened in the Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. And in
0: the Dragon Warrior games in particular, like Gold Piece, they did a good job with weapon escalation. Mm-hmm. So I would just be walking around for that random algorithm that would show me Goldman.
1: Right, okay. It was,
0: like, not that hard to beat, but when you beat him you got mad gold or there was like a platinum slime i think it was right and like the platinum slime was super skittish best rewards. it would always run away you get mad experience points if you beat platinum slime but like most of the time you had to kill it in one strike because it would run away from you and you're like you fucking hated those yeah (laughs) away from me don't
1: run away from me but if you there's a metaphor somewhere for life
0: yeah and all of that but then how do we actually make it a metaphor for life and that's going to be the theme of this podcast and it's also you know spoken word that i talked about like applying this analogy because i think it's something that we innately can understand and if we can use that to like put
1: some kind of framework together for life i think it can be helpful and i think like from a psychological point of view the things we create are actually reflections of how our minds already operate and so the creation of role-playing games i think emerges out of the fact that our psychology has evolved to see life as a hero's journey Mm -hmm. and we've manifested that in role-playing games Mm -hmm. and so it's the perfect metaphor because it's the one that we've already created unconsciously to represent life already yeah it reflects the
0: truth that already exists like what jordan peterson would talk about like a good story yeah like a good story doesn't tell a new story it reflects the true story that already exists exactly you know something that we innately know like oh that makes sense you put in work you improve Mm -hmm. you know you get ready for this you challenge yourself you defeat it if you're not ready you die you die that ego death and you come back again you know, in, in the video game, it's like an actual death,
1: and you get whatever resurrection
0: right? thing that kind <laughs> of you just lose.
1: That. That's where the tax happened. At least in Final Fantasy, if you die, that's when you lost like twenty percent of your gold. It was the worst. So I guess yeah, we die yeah, daily. Yeah, yeah. Or each, each paycheck, we just die a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also the making friends
0: and allies too, yeah. especially like the more choices you could get. Mm-hmm. Like that was always cool. Like, do you want this person to join your party? Right. And you're like, oh fuck, I don't know. Are they cool? Or are they not cool? <laughs> are they really going to help me? Do I yeah. need that shit? Yeah. And choosing your character. Yeah, too like are you going to be a wizard well the spells are dope but then if you have to go hand-to-hand combat once you're dead you're dead (laughs) you know yeah i I would try in the game wizardry too you could switch characters too but you would lose all your skills but you'd keep the spells so like if you started if you started as a wizard or a white mage or black mage or wizard could do both right and you could learn the spells and then switch to warrior class but you'd have to build your way back up Interesting. That's like,
1: almost like seeking mastery in one domain, and you switch, and you kind of learn the essential novice.
0: skills, but you got to start over. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so you could get these amalgamation characters that were like s-
1: super bad. Were the most badass, and that's an insight to life. Like, it, yeah, you know, it's it's something that Robert Greene talks about in mastery. It's like if you really want to find your way, get really good at a couple of things, and then keep switching, and then you come to a new thing where that class has not ever been made mm-hmm. like you're the copywriter and the psychologist and the podcaster that's me projecting you know like and you create yep. a new category yeah and
0: in wizardry it would be you would be the samurai appearing with samurai weapons and samurai armor and whatever mm-hmm. but you could also heal the rest of your party because right. you picked up those white mage spells and yeah. be like you could did, also
1: cast a fucking fireball or whatever you needed to do did you play final fantasy tactics it was it was a lot like that uh-uh. and, and you could like pick a class Grind and get skills. Pick a new class and make these god characters that like had combinations that no other type of character had, like a samurai who can heal. Fucking ass Yeah, and
0: I think that's I've really used that in my own life, right? I mean, this is what on it's been about. This is why I can write a book like Own the Days because I keep switching and learning. Yeah, from different particular. Oh, plant medicine skill set. All right, let's go down that rabbit hole to like acquire the essential skills for that. Oh physical fitness skill set okay Oh, biohacking skill set okay writing skill set okay and then you add all these things together and you get to be a really versatile individual human yeah Yeah. and then the combination what robert green and mastery calls the da vinci effect like being able to harness all of those skills creating the authentic expression of yourself badass all right so let's go it i got 10 quests 10 quests if your game if your life was a video game and Each quest has a boss battle and each quest has a weapon
1: that you need to use Mm, because each boss has a weak a weakness and you would go search and try to find the weapon that would work for that boss yep
0: quest number one forge your machine so this is really that idea of grinding like how do you get your physical body in a state where you can utilize that thing that we have this avatar that we have that our consciousness can express through and do things how do we get that thing in order yeah like that i think is like the first quest for any human like we got to be able to at least get the minimum viable amount of stuff done mm-hmm. with this body and it's a level level 1 that so many people have failed to even make it past level 1 yeah you know if if your body's not able to run to have sex to play without gassing out to like move in in this world yeah that we have you're not you're not playing the game of life to anywhere near its capacity if you can't even attempt to get up on a surfboard and feel what that feels like yeah you know if you can't attempt to if you can't make it up a mountain to feel what it feels like when you're at the top of bear mountain in sedona or the some of these things and you're soaking in the if you can't make it to that level you're not playing the game of life yeah. fully at that point You know, and sure, there's some people who are going to have innate disabilities and challenges that are going to prevent them. But for most of us, it's just a choice. It's Mm -hmm. just the discipline. And a lot of times, the boss battle for that are like excuses and rationalizations, like these things that we tell ourselves of why we can't.
1: Right. And and I think to add to that, the quality of your consciousness, like how you feel, like all the work you do with your mind the thing that is filtering that quality is the health of your body it's mm-hmm. so like even if you are disabled like the way you eat and the way that you like walk or play can influence the quality of the thoughts that you have 100%. so you know it's it's not just the hiking it's like how do you eat when do you eat you know like it's using the body in its complete facet mm-hmm. as a
0: way to learn and as a way to actually provide support i think it's danielle Bellelli who says you know when the body is a wild wolf when the mind is in doubt ba- in doubt the body can provide tangible proof right so if you feel like a wild human like yeah. the primate that we're destined to be when your mind gets all squirrely and you're like oh who am i whatever and then you go fucking it's rip wild, a yeah. yeah rip a huge kettlebell workout and you're like well at the bare minimum i know i'm a fucking savage monkey (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) and like so you have some like footing to stand on like okay well at least i know what this thing is that i'm made of yeah and that can help provide that like baseline so and really the weapon that i chose for this is that skill i talk about a lot in the book and that's really an extreme version of choice because it's not that most of us don't know what we need to do i mean sure there's been some bad advice like eat a bunch of whole grains and stay away from fat like that's bad advice so you need better information but for the most part we know what we need to do we know we need to move we know we need to get fresh air we know we need to unplug from our phone we know we need to you know work out we know we need to do these things but we don't right and so what i call mental override is that version of choice where you just say no i'm gonna do this today yeah
1: and it's yeah. it's a, it's a fucking cheat code man like There's whole books written about it that I think you could write a book that's better, but that's a different topic for a different time. But like most of us, especially if we aren't taught this, our default, and I don't know when we got this because it's not an evolutionarily advantageous way to be, but the moment we feel discomfort, our default is to move away or to stop doing the thing that triggered the discomfort. Like What mental override is teaching you to do is the moment you feel that, that's when you have the opportunity to train that part of your mind and y- your whole fucking life is on the other side of that feeling yep and i think with a
0: video game like you know that you get a payout from defeating the monster yeah but like it's like so when you're in that shower and you're thinking about turning that shower nozzle cold and if you've read on the day you know you know the benefits of that benefits to cortisol longevity inflammation mental state you know all these things that you get you know it's good you know it's good but if there was like literally like if we're imagining we're in fucking social media world and like all the points and likes and it was like gamified if you Mm. know as soon as you turned it like you you started hearing the points click like here comes mental override points plus you know your willpower goes up fractionally from you know one point every time you do that and your physical health goes up and your strength and longevity and all of these points you see them like ticking up if there was if we were able to like gamify that through like robocop classes everybody would be like damn yeah,
1: right i know man. damn right it's it's a while to think about like i've not ever thought about it that way but that makes it so clear that if we had the proper psychological reinforcement like that's a no fucking brainer it's a no brainer every day mm-hmm. you're like oh i'm i can get points and it's gonna be lasting willpower
0: points yeah for doing this okay cool and it, it's exactly how it works because practice makes the master no matter what you're doing so the more you practice overcoming those feelings of comfort and shrinking from it the better you get it so what joe rogan calls conquering your inner bitch right like the more he conquers his inner bitch the bigger bitches he can conquer Mm -hmm. like the more weakness internally that he can overcome you know and and the more he's able to do that the next time and the easier it becomes to do it because you reliably build that trait and plus get the benefits to strength and physical Mm -hmm. performance and all the other things that you'd want
1: and it's counterintuitive but like the moment you start living a life where when you feel that discomfort you move beyond it you actually enter a realm of life that's way less crowded but the rewards are way higher than before that stage of life because so many people don't ever get to that point mm-hmm. so it's actually less competitive there for like the resources but there's way more resources there mm-hmm. so it's it's counterintuitive but if you can get beyond that mental feeling of I'm uncomfortable and then you do it anyways, like abundance just starts fucking yeah. flowing in a way that feels almost unfair.
0: Yeah, I just keep getting this image of like the available resources being like an inverted pyramid and the difficulty being a regular pyramid and they're overlapped, right? And so like the higher you go up the difficulty ladder, you know, the deeper you go into the fat part of the abundance yeah. pyramid.
1: And it's, it's because the type of person you have to be to get to that point is so rare that there's just so it's there's no predators there like it's no. like and yeah, also like if you follow the other
0: things of like collecting the allies you know mm-hmm. to use that and collecting the allies once you've done that once you're that type of person and you've collected the allies because you got to remember like in your if you're building your war party for life right your your allies are going to want you to be a badass too for sure right so if yeah. you want a really kick-ass like mage you know in real life this is everybody's their own their own character everyone's the protagonist yeah Yeah. they're only going to join you it's not just whether you want them to join you no matter who you are it's bilateral it's like actually like world of warcraft like are you going to join this fucking dragon raid that we do well what are your skills who are you what level are you you? what do you bring to the table and so you get yourself to that level then you start accumulating allies and then at that point you have so many fucking options yeah you know like here where i stand one of the things that as stressed out as i get you know and worried about whatever macro event might be happening with it or whatever i know that well fuck i've built a team of allies that we could pivot this yeah and you know as long as i stay in integrity and continue being the type of person that they would want in their fucking war party right we could pivot this and say all right maybe this on it dragon You know, slayed us for some reason. It didn't work. Well, all right. What's the next dragon? Mm -hmm. You know, we got myself as the skills and the team able
1: to do that. But that starts with bringing yourself up to that level where you're valuable. And you know, like it, it goes back to World of Warcraft. Like you start beating up like swamp rats. You know, like that's where you start, and that feels like it's the hardest thing that you've done in the game so far. But as soon as you get to a level where you start having a bunch of like hero allies. You're only fighting dragons. Totally, you know, and it's it it kind of sucks, but it's like the people who are having the hardest time are the people who are still at the very beginning, mm. and like the quests get harder, but your capabilities and like the resources you have just bloom and blossom. And the rewards get bigger. Yeah,
0: the whole analogy holds. I forget which one of the games. One of the games you like literally start out with no money and no equipment and no anything. And so you like you were fist fighting the monsters (laughs) oh my god i mean one of the games like you go literally you're you're attacking them with nothing and then you could like maybe have to get like a wooden sword it was like some crate or like just regular iron sword you know which is like the fucking lowest always the shittiest weapon is an iron sword yeah Yeah. and it's like the bare minimum but as soon as you got go from fist fighting (laughs) slimes or whatever basic ass creature yeah. that you had to get and you got it like the basic ass weapon and like leather armor and yeah. iron sword and like all right well i'm on the path now, <laughs> you know and eventually yeah. it's like sword of ice and fire exactly <laughs> you know, like just,
1: fucking excalibur uh, yeah or exodius or yeah, whatever exactly.
0: yeah um all right so forge your machine like that's fucking level one turn
1: the shower nozzle core turn. cold
0: every day yeah get those points feel the points tabulating every every workout you do even though you might lose some of it this is the attrition thing because that's the thing about a video game that's really appealing Mm -hmm. is there's no attrition right like you reach a certain level of strength you go to sleep you don't play the game for two weeks you're still just as strong in life you know there is an attrition and i think that can be frustrating but the truth of the matter is once you've been in shape it's way easier to get in shape like i could quit doing it like i'll go to peru i'll lose 10 pounds of muscle in peru i always do damn and i don't have 10 so, pounds to lose so. right so <laughs> i'll come back and i'll be 10 pounds lighter mm-hmm. but what took what the amount of time and effort it took me to get to where i am from nothing from yeah. scratch it was a long time but to get back to where i was it's way short it's like how a basketball player or somebody can have like a catastrophic injury mm-hmm and then come back and still be in the nba like you always like like, the wow they haven't been able to they've been out with a fucking knee and achilles thing for nine months and then they just made it back and they're still in the nba you know how because the body remembers your belief exactly harnesses that ability to remember so don't even worry about the attrition like once you've got there that's the new level that you know that you can get to and your body will adapt and get back there way quicker and then the gains of improvement from there will be
1: smaller and more marginal And the key is like the cheat code to life is momentum. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as you can build a habit that is positive and then you put momentum behind it, like you, I, and this is something that you don't see in games, but you do see in real life is there is exponential returns. Like if you get a habit right and you're doing it every day for years, like where you are, it's it's not a linear progression. Mm -hmm. It starts to fucking spike. Yep and may and you may go wandering downward for a while
0: you know <laughs> like sure. you got to be ready for that yeah. too but know that as, whatever level you've reached it's always going to be way easier to get back there even yeah. if you fall so just let that be some like comfort to battle against this force of attrition which may make you feel hopeless yeah. which is what we were talking about earlier
1: like yeah you're not hopeless no matter where you've gotten you can get back there hopeless is a choice that you made yeah you know? true truth And so the key boss to pay attention to for quest one is excuses excuses fucking excuses yep it's your own
0: self-limiting patterns that go in your head yep slay that thing slay that dragon quest two find the present moment and this is something that i think most of us are striving to live more in the present moment but at the very minimum know that it's there you gotta fucking find it yeah and you gotta feel it and i'm i envision the bosses in this quests like bebop and rocksteady you know like two fucking two big badasses that are not that hard to defeat but you got to be mindful of them and that's living in the past and mm-hmm. living in the future
1: and what video game was that from was that the uh, uh teenage uh, mutant ninja yes. turtles yeah. yeah yeah
0: and that was did you ever play the arcade Teen yes only turtles? actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah only yeah which it was, was like your-
1: a boar and then
0: what was the other one a boar and it was like a, bo- a boar hybrid and a dog hybrid i think it was something like that, but like a pit bull and yeah. a pit bull and a boar or something yeah. like that. I just remember the one having the uh nose. Yeah, <laughs> some fucking TMNT super <laughs> fans are gonna be like, "You fucking idiots! You fucked talking it talking about yeah, video yeah, games, all clicking the this YouTube comments, clicking shit off." Comments, clicking this shit off. Um, yeah, so it's so easy for us to live in the past, be thinking about what we could have could have done, yeah. should have done, ruminating, punishing ourselves for everything that's happened before lamenting all of our personal history and these stories and all the reasons why you know which is basically just again excuses as to why we are where we are and just living in that past moment or the other one the rock steady is to project in the future like oh well i'll just you know i'll be happy later let me just get to this point and just not
1: actually living ever in the present always thinking about the next thing that's the curse of the type a's yeah is always the future you know and then and a a thing that's worth offering is that if your past acts in a way where it intrudes on your consciousness without you choosing it from a cognitive psychology standpoint what your brain is telling you is something has happened to you in the past that you haven't extracted out the mode of behavior that if it happened again you would know how to act in a more correct way Mm. and so you can you can do clinically supported practices to deal with that shit. So, if you find that, you know, bebop just keeps coming up and he's intruding on your consciousness without you calling him up, that is your mind beckoning you to revisit this to extract out a new mode of behavior. And you can do that through journaling, it's a really basic yeah. way. Like, make it a story and then talk about what you would do differently if it arose again. Learn the lesson, forgive it, and move the fuck on. Amen like it's not going to do
0: you any more benefit to keep punishing yourself no. or to keep living and reliving what is the lesson of that learn the lesson did you learn the lesson okay let it go it's yeah. done you cannot change it there's no fucking time machine where you can go back and redo what happened it, right. it is real it happened the only thing you can do is learn and forgive mm-hmm. and then move on i think that's a really important important thing to remember yeah. and then with the future stuff understand that the future isn't actually real ever ever it's not it's not even a real thing mm-hmm. there's only the present as it moves forward right like and in the future you'll either be still in the future or in the present <laughs> right you know yeah. like there's only the present yeah either it be in the illusion of the future or be in the present yeah, yeah exactly you're like well the future well in the future are you going to be in the present you know so you're your right present now. self will always be yeah, exper- your present yeah. self is the future of your past yeah. self it's 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 always there and if you unless you're living in that, you're not living you're projecting yourself into an alternate reality that isn't actually here and now and that's not living that's like and you do that to the end of your life and you go back and you're like (laughs) i made it to death right what that last moment will be hell yeah Yeah. like fuck i fucking forgot to live whoops i was working towards something the whole time and living in this world where i didn't care about the now
1: because the future was more important and you touched on this but the top five regrets of the of people dying on their deathbed the number one regret was mainly men saying that they worked too much mm-hmm. that's people being focused on the future too much yep when they're when their loved ones like the people that they claim to be working for are there in the present yeah and you see this in other
0: silly ways too like i <laughs> i know i don't know if i want to put them on blast but like i, I know someone secret podcast secret it <laughs> like it's hot. well i even see my fucking family making this mistake with their house right like they have this amazing house but it's perpetually under construction yeah. it's been perpetually under construction for the last fucking 10 years right so they're in this real sweet spot where they've made it they're successful and they have the opportunity to live in whatever house possible but in the present they have fucking workers and noise yeah. and shit going on in their house so for 10 years no matter how dope <laughs> the house gets in the future yeah, they've given up 10 years of building it and having the fucking annoyance of their house <laughs> being built the whole time yeah which has diminished the present value
1: it's to such a, such a, a beautiful life yeah. metaphor yeah exactly
0: and it's it's, that's what people do like retirement that's when you're going to be happy okay so you're going to miss the vigor and prime of your vitality till you're 60 and that's when you're going to fucking be like woohoo
1: right and what research finds is that people who quote unquote retire that's when you fucking start getting sick and dying because you don't have that that meaning or that purpose for why you're living yeah and so like there's this weird psychological twist that we do where Most of us, or at least I feel like this is dying now with my generation, but like my parents and everyone I know, their parents, let's sacrifice all my joy, all my love to just get to 55 or 60 and then retire. But then what happens when they retire is they don't have a reason for living. You know, so it's like, let's just go on vacations. Let's just chill. And what research shows is that people's health declined so rapidly Mm -hmm. when they retire. Yeah, because they don't know they haven't known themselves outside of working for something right? outside of the sacrifice
0: outside of the sacrifice so they'll find some other thing to sacrifice or they'll just fucking exit the game like uh, game's over yeah you know let's hit the reset button do it again and it doesn't make sense so just understanding that there's no house that you're building that's so important that when it's done it's going to make everything like you have to enjoy the process as much as possible Like, don't sacrifice 20 years for the for some other amount of time because that 20 years is precious find the balance where you can be sacrificing and enjoying simultaneously like enjoy the sacrifice enjoy that so i guess in my parents state like i would say all right well find like a dope place you know and then build your other house don't live there while the (laughs) fucking people are all there all the time like find a dope place and really just have it be chill and then work on this other thing on the side and when that's Mm -hmm. done you just transition and move on and you know but don't be in this constant state of the annoyance of things happening all the time you know like enjoy it as much as you possibly can yeah and that's i think that's something that people fail to miss because you know whatever thing you're working for is never that good to make up for this make up for like what you've missed in time spent in the present moment
1: yeah especially when you really connect to like most people who accomplish amazing things are the type of people that could provide a fucking disproportionate amount of value to like their son or their lover with like one present evening. Yep. And like, it's 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 really tragic to connect to like, if you go 10 years and you don't have that evening, you know, like with your son, mm-hmm. you know? Where like, it, it's especially the people that can do amazing things that if they just gave that Five hours of one day, you know, of being in the present moment. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that,
0: in relationship, I noticed that a lot too. And at the start of a relationship, you're present as (laughs) fuck,
1: the most. You're the most present.
0: You know, like you'll be on a date, and even if the topic isn't interesting, you're fucking right there, Mm -hmm. and you're enjoying it, and you're engaging, smelling everything. Yeah, you're like it's 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 alive, and that's part of the magic of falling in love. And then Mm -hmm. you get used to somebody, and then you lose that thing yeah. and then of course you harken back oh i remember when we first met well really the pleasure of you when you first met was that you had these forces that were driving you into the present moment and so to like find those times when you can connect fully presently yeah like it's just fucking heaven mm-hmm. it's magical the
1: kingdom of heaven is here the is, kingdom is, of is heaven a metaphor is or here. a line that people hate especially in 2018 but there's some deep wisdom and like right now it's all the wisdom yeah yeah it's all the way anytime you can be present that's
0: absolutely where the magic lies so the weapon is to me is finding that modality of presence you know it's what i talk about in chapter seven of go for your win you know all the different ways to find stillness you know find the present moment where everything else fades away yeah so like what is that modality for you how can you at least practice getting the present well maybe it's yoga and for Mm -hmm. that five minutes in shavasana you're really present and if you're really good you can get present in other poses too sure you know but not there yet yeah (laughs) um basketball was always it for me i'm sure it was for you like when i was playing hoop i wasn't thinking about shit absolutely man i wasn't thinking about my girls i wasn't thinking about my family i wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about anything i was thinking about just playing the game so that was always some of the place that i was the happiest now if i played a bad game then i would be living in the past yeah fucking bebop Bebop was destroying me you know and then i would also be rock steady of the future whether my coach was going to fucking have some penalty about for me for the next game yeah but nonetheless when i was playing you know i was always playing any sport so that drove me into playing all competing in all kinds of levels Mm because that like was an escape flow state you know meditation hiking and fucking you know plant medicines obviously yeah i mean that is like this place where you can just sit and marvel at the world around you and just feel connected to all things and and at least feeling that helps you practice for yeah. the more
1: challenging times to know that that exists and like this is kind of the tragic beauty of um witnessing the present moment but that you know it's it's always there and you're in illusion 99.99% of your waking conscious sober time but the beauty of the present moment is right here right now and i can say these words and i still don't fully connect to it because i'm you know so immersed in my own ego illusion mm-hmm. but like um when you have the psychedelic experience or one of these other modalities and you're like it's always with me yeah and i forget all the fucking time yeah, 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 i'm yeah, forgetting yeah. right now <laughs> yeah
0: 100 percent. you got to have that quest too. simple but hard i mean both of these all these quests are like simple but difficult difficult you know for sure quest three be your authentic self
1: might as well be quest 11 as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like
0: i mean these things again they're simple simple idea but difficult to maintain but this is uh, and these are quests that you'll have to keep going back to for sure you know
1: and keep keep working it's the new game plus that you get in a lot of role-playing games is when you beat the game you get to start over you have to give up all the actual like items you got but all of these skills that you learned along the way you get to bring with and that's mm-hmm. exactly what life is like yep it's so, all right so being your authentic self so one of the things you know robert
0: green talks about this they talk about counter forces you know those things that try to shape you you know your parents that like my dad you wanted me to be a banker at goldman sachs mm-hmm. that my dad been... wanted me to join the military <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that all right. would Not yeah all right so if we would have listened uh imagine if we would have listened yeah, imagine if i was at fucking goldman sachs is miserable and imagine if and you were in the navy and soul dead yeah i mean maybe we'd have loved it most likely not because this definitely feels like this is where we're at so there's these counter forces that we have to be mindful of but beyond just the counter forces of our parents there's the counter forces of society yeah. as a whole it's what don miguel ruiz calls the metote or the marketplace which is the totality of public opinion telling you how you need to be how your relationships need to be how you need to live what you need to do in your life what it means to be a man what it means to all of these things that kind of kink up our true shape and and cause these restrictions and until we actually work on expanding like oh no what do i really believe what do i want you know how do i want to express myself and fuck man in the time we're in even sometimes laws for sure are a problem like if the law says that you know you can't smoke weed and smoking weed actually helps you understand your body better understand something then you kind of got to break the
1: law to figure out who your authentic self is and there's this so there's two big ideas here that are subtle but one is that all these opposing forces are the primary force that gives your consciousness structure when you have no structure as an infant like if you didn't have parents you'd be dead if we didn't have culture We'd be dead. So the kinks allow us to grow at the beginning, but we have to come to a point where we rebel against the most important thing that existed as a force when we were infants. Mm -hmm. And then that, so there's this idea in um, psychology where you have to kill your parents or you have to, you know, rebel and eat the fruit, you know, and it's the thing that nurtured you, you have to rebel against to become your true self. Yeah. But like pay love to that thing like it it was so important when you were an, an infant and you if a fucking wolf roamed by you'd be dead yeah you know yeah there's a bible passage that ted decker's talked to me about and it's something that
0: none nobody in like capital r religion christianity really mm-hmm. understands and it's to follow my way you have to hate your mother hate your father hate your brother hate your sister right right and they, they use the word that gets translated as hate but it doesn't really mean hate, but what it means is to disregard that relationship that might impede upon yeah. who you really are. You know, like the need to get validation from your parents or validation from all these things or the way that they
1: look at you mm-hmm. influencing that, you must disregard all of that. And so if you're they're just, twisted, that yeah. disregard will feel like you're hating them. Right. And it's just a part of your test, like to, to be you, you might have to deal with their emotional reactions with you being in your truth. And you know, the, it's another mini hero's journey because everybody who does
0: that, you know, if their da- if their parents say, you'll never be an artist, you'll never make it, they succeed as an artist, give their parents that artwork, and the parents are like, I'm so happy you did yeah, this. Yeah, and they're I lo- I lo- crying. And they're crying. And, and they, they apologize. Yeah, exactly. And it's this full way, full circle. You just have to go through that journey, yeah. that journey of, you know, it's like even in the Batman, in every Batman story there's a time where gotham turns on him yeah you know and it's like there's hate there and then is he still batman at that point is he still follow through is he still the hero that he always was you know like making sure that you're authentically you without needing anything from anybody else and to do that your weapon is you know self-love like you got to know that you don't need the love of your parents to be visible yeah. the love is always going to be there in the higher vibration their higher self is always going to be in a state of love with you but their small self their ego may get triggered because you're not following their way or what you're doing is challenging their validation is yeah. being good parents or their validation is you know oh, my son is at goldman Sachs. that's really just what my dad wanted to be able to tell his buddies who worked mm-hmm. at fucking lehman brothers or wherever yeah. the fuck they were you know and But it's not like he wasn't happy for me when I was doing my own way. Amen. But it, everybody gets caught in their own ego trap. So knowing that you know, if you love yourself enough and know yourself enough, then that's your weapon to fight through all of this need for validation and just follow your authentic star. Swing your authentic swing, as that yeah. book is for Stephen Pressfield.
1: And the thing that you'll actually become aware of from Quest 2 is that when you really connect to the present moment and you get quiet, enough you'll start to recognize that there's actually a thing in your psyche kind of behind you watching you that loves you and that thing is always there yeah and it's that thing's love that is always radiating and it's that thing's love that can attune you if the world is completely in discord and not showing you love Mm -hmm. like and so if you connect to the moment you can connect to that thing that is always there like the fucking sun just beaming and really it's love is self-aware or it's it's love is awareness of you yep you know it's like it's it's awareness animates you it's always there yeah and that's has a bunch of words a bunch <laughs> right? of
0: vocabulary. like yeah. if you go listen to my yeah. first podcast with paul check he likes the word soul for that mm-hmm. you know and he used yeah. he's comfortable with the word soul and he does that little exercise where you ask your soul questions but to do that, you have to get still, because yeah. the ego's good at masquerading as the stole. It
2: wants to step it, into that demon yeah
0: have you worship it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So finding that higher self, divine self, Christed self, soul, you know, whatever,
1: whatever your vocabulary yeah. permits, there's that part of you that knows best. A quick side note the Greeks called it a daemon. And be, and when capital R wanted you to only listen to the book or the people in power, that turned into demon. Like the idea that you had a thing in you that could give you commands that were beyond any other human, if I'm trying to control you, that's a demon and not my daemon. Wow. Yeah. That's for real? Yeah. Yeah. Like in Unreal. the Greeks, it was their daemon. And, and the power of Socrates was that he was the man who only listened to his daemon. Yeah. Then capital R comes around. We, we can't be having that. You have to come to us to get the insights, demon matt damon <laughs> <laughs> that's for you god that's a dope last name <laughs> pun puns fucking stick uh, thank you for that
0: yes all right quest four turn pro and this is you know a concept that i'm borrowing directly from stephen pressfield yeah right this is you know when you know you kind of have an idea who you are right it's it's going to be time to actually turn pro and do what you would do yeah and do what you need to do and he uses the analogy of writing because he's a writer right mm-hmm. and he's like the difference between a pro and an amateur is an amateur will sit around waiting for the muse to come inspire him to write and the pro sits his ass down in that chair 9 a.m every day so that the muse knows where to fucking find him and so when the you know and you just keep going and then yeah. and then the muse shows up like that's the difference pros don't make excuses pros don't do these things so it's it's almost like an ethos Mm -hmm. you know an ethos to battle what your boss battle is which is resistance that capital r resistance he talks about in war of art and talks about in turning pro as well that force that's going to try and keep you from getting higher when you're lower keep Mm -hmm. you from advancing and that's an internal force that's an external force and you know at some point we got to say like thank you for this resistance that's going to allow me the the pressure the gravity by which so I can go strong yeah you know that's going to be the cocoon like we you talked about in that podcast it's going to give our wings enough force that when we burst through it we have the strength to fly like thanks
1: resistance resistance is your greatest ally it is your ally it's the thing that's going to make you and I I really like the way that this is laid out because if you become present you can connect and start to discover what your authentic self is asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize that call to adventure, it's it's time to bow your fucking head and be a student and and learn. And that's when like, that's what turning pro is, is basically creating the habits where you begin to hone the skills. And it's finding your authentic self that will whisper to you like, these are the skills that you need. Yep. It's like, all right, it's time to bow my fucking head and start grinding. Yep.
0: And that's, you know, i think developing your ethos that warrior ethos you know it's something i talk about at the end of own the day but pro it's going to require a certain sense of discipline whereas yeah. like mental override is the basic step that's kind of what you do in the when you really have to think about something mm-hmm. but when you have an ethos you don't think about it anymore. right when it you're a pro automatic. it's it's just automatic like there's not a question there's not a debate it's, you don't have to tap your willpower it's like
1: that's a good point there's
0: yeah. no choice anymore this yeah. is my ethos like never give up never surrender that was the spartan ethos they didn't have the thought in their mind like oh, "Fuck, should we run away right. should we like maybe fight another day they just removed that from the category of options so it wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even courage at that necessarily that because it wasn't even a choice it was no. like well here we go fighting to the last man you know yeah. but because that and that because that was universal and part of their ethos their enemies you know always knew like fuck i gotta pack a lunch if i'm going against the red capes if they have one we need a hundred yeah exactly because they're they're not going to run away we're not going to only be able to beat you know the first 10 percent and then you know get away from this we're we got to go in every single one every single one and also for the people fighting it just makes things simpler because like what's the torture the torture that we really feel in, in any decision it's like should i go to the gym should i not go to the gym right. should i go to the gym should i not go to, oh my god what should i do should i do this or not? no, no, no. It, that's what actually is really painful yeah. when you actually do it even like when you know you need to break up with your girl or break up with your guy or whatever it's like should i do it should i not do it? should i do it blah 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 blah, blah. it's the wavering with the waffling back and forth yeah. it's like bending your will back and forth until you just get weaker and weaker and right. it's, it's exhausting but when you have ethos Okay, no, this might it's not a choice. Yeah, and I don't have
1: that option. In cognitive psychology, they call sh- shit like this um, a, a bright line rule, but it's it's basically a articulated rule that like once this happens, it's like a computer. I know exactly what to do. And so like if if you are to be a writer, like you every single day, you fucking sit down and you write. Like it's it's not even something you don't allow the demon of resistance to come into the house and dance. It's like no, the door shut no yeah you know it's no
0: and building whatever that is for you and then you know making sure that it's something that's solid that you can keep because like you also will weaken your ethos if you like my ethos is i'm never going to watch porn right and then it lasts five days unrealistic day six like fuck there i am back on (laughs) (laughs) tushy.com you know like oddly specific (laughs) (laughs) and then like and so like that's that's something that you have to be mindful of. so yeah. maybe that's like a guideline like, yeah but if you make it your ethos like make a fucking ethos yeah like make it something that really sticks and so be mindful of that so build things with willpower and then when you're ready make it stick and do your best to stick to it now if you do fucking fail like okay cool yeah like forgive move on rebuild it back into your ethos but having those things that you don't even question like that's fucking super important it's like a superpower superpower sure. turning pro that's what pro does yeah man we're fucking we're getting after i just got the 50 minutes <laughs> yeah. sign and we're on fucking quest four no matter nope. people are with us you with us people all right people are with us if they,
1: you see us as yourself you'll know exactly where we're going
0: oh shit Segway. segue <laughs> quest five see others as yourself um and this is like to me the deepest metaphysical principle mm-hmm. that really guides you know our understanding of the world and morality and i think that is an important thing i called it on joe rogan experience i called it the platinum rule yeah right do unto others as if they were you mm-hmm. you know not do unto others as you would like them to do it to yourself which i think is actually the true meaning of that if you talk to ted decker is the same thing For sure like do unto others because they are you living a different life yeah like everybody is you that living a different life it's the only thing and to me like you know and i know i, t- I have my own weapon here you know certainly for me it's been psychedelic medicine you know which has really helped me defeat the enemy of this which is the ego because the ego says i am separate i am the only thing that's real i am the only thing that matters yeah because it only knows itself as relative it knows itself in pure relative position to all other things and it feels like it's the only thing that matters so a sociopath is someone with such an overblown ego and it's so big that they don't actually recognize that anybody else is real right or that anything outside themselves is real so they just try to put everything else underneath them mm-hmm. whereas the opposite which is in accord with truth is that everybody is same and there's a couple ways to do that one psychedelic medicine you'll feel it yeah you'll really feel it when that happens and two for me like my relationship has done like probably been the fucking forge that's helped out the most gonna be in an open relationship and having somebody with my lover. If I right. don't see that other
1: person as me, and if I don't see Whitney mm. as me. That's the key, I think, is not recognizing that your lover is like you, is me. you. Her yeah. pleasure
0: is my pleasure. My pleasure is her pleasure. Random other lover, their pleasure is my pleasure. My pleasure, an an pleasure is their pleasure. ego's
1: twisting just hearing the words. Oh, the that. ego's like, <laughs> fuck
0: <laughs> no, that. it's mine. Yeah. That's my girl, yeah, this man. is my thing, this is my thing. Nothing else but
1: me matters. Yeah if you think about it like that's where ego in our culture is allowed to hide is in monogamous relationships it's like no this is where all my reciprocity all my altruism no this is my person only i can give them love and it's culturally accepted yep exactly and you got to transcend that to really have a true that's
0: what gives you that love to be of service that's what makes you want to fit for service and makes you want to be of service is knowing that these people around you are real because they're the same as you and you're real you know like you have to know that in order to even love somebody and even care about somebody enough to actually do that you know and so again with all these quests this could be quest 10 or this could be (laughs) quest five but you have to at least see and it starts with maybe seeing one other person as yourself like it's Mm -hmm. easier to do that with your homie maybe at first, rather than because right. it's less triggering. Like it's easy for me to see Kyle as myself or you as myself, and then you know Whitney gets a little harder, <laughs> and then right. Whitney's random lover who I don't know. The hardest. Oh, the hardest. Yeah. You know, I want to stab him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. I want to fucking. <laughs> to be in truth. I will. Yeah. There you go. Oh man, I, I remember, I'll tell this story because it's a secret podcast. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember she was starting to see this guy, and he was a fighter, and he was in the UFC, and. uh and it hadn't nothing really had happened yet but there was some exchanges and and um this was early on in the relationship and i remember i was watching him fight on tv and i go man i hope he wins but i hope he wins because the other guy kicks him in the nuts so many times that he gets disqualified (laughs) just the shittiest shit right and i was like well i was like well at least i want him to win but i want him to win by the other person dqing because and guess what fucking happened it fucking happened.
1: No way. I, I even
0: I even verbalized it. To like my homies, I was like, "Yeah, I hope he wins. I hope he wins cuz the other guy kicks him in the nuts so many times he gets disqualified." And it fucking happened. And I was like, "No way." That's so Am I weird. in a fucking
1: simulation? The- <laughs> I have that thought a lot recently, especially having the job at on it at least once every couple months. I'm like, "Fuck, is this real?"
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing. And that was like a just a fucking mind-blowing moment, but of course, that was my failure. It was me doing like the bare man. Okay, I hope he wins. You right. know, like I don't want him to like lose and get like beat up. But if my ego is still holding on, and I wasn't seeing I want him. I to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Fucking suffer.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want him to lose in the way where he can't do the thing to my girl that I don't want him that to I'm do. That I'm desperately That's afraid exactly he's going to do. what I don't want. Oh, man. Yeah. And a thing that I would offer to the like, so... I grew up in the materialistic science worldview, and like it's deep to my core in my identity, but I think a path to the same understanding is we all share the human condition and the human apparatus that creates this condition, and it is so hard. There are so many things that can make people suffer, and everyone's shittiness, everyone's life, they all want the same things, and it's like love, Security, meaning, and like that's in everybody and if you can connect to that humanness in someone else if they cut you off like on the street or if you know some mom is yelling at her child somewhere and it 's just like deep in that person's ego is just the thing that wants love, security, and meaning, and that's in everybody, and yep. we all want it in. If you can connect to that it's so much easier to be compassionate and it's loving it's the
0: core of every great spiritual teaching whether it's christianity where it's the hawaiian kahunas with the ho'oponopono yeah. you know whenever you see something that offends you recognize that that's you in a different life in a different body yeah. doing that same thing like how do you express that same thing they
1: had different traumas different that traumas different things that are coming up or up a
0: different ways. moment in time you know and, and just always seeing the self it's that practice of metanoia what paul selig yeah. would say like seeing the high self in somebody else where you don't you, you don't you recognize that they're expressing yeah. anger but you see that all right they haven't passed level one where their machine is in yeah. balance they haven't passed level two where they're in the present moment they're stressed out of their mind they got all these things going on and see that and just have that's what allows you to have compassion you know and then you have yeah. that compassion see them as self, then the whole world looks differently you don't get offended you don't get triggered by that like shit i just posted that thing on open relationship and i got called every name in the world right and like uh, seeing instead of receiving that as an insult like oh my god why are these people doing this to me how dare they which is what the ego wants to do like how dare they i'm just trying to be helpful (laughs) i I fucking hate you fuck you too you know yeah (laughs) instead being like oh i see that this way of life even that it exists is triggering and so recognize the fear that that came from and just send love you know and have some laughs and yeah. see their see their higher self, which is also in some ways kind of like shaking their head and laughing at what the smaller self yeah. is doing in
1: anger. God, I feel that a lot. My higher self just shaking its head and laughing <laughs> yeah, at all me. Right. Oh, all God the
0: time. God damn it, Eric. All the time. Yeah. And that's like when I do a heroic psilocybin dose, it's constantly me looking back at Giggles myself. Giggles at
1: my own stupidity. <laughs> Giggles yeah. at
0: your own stupidity. Constantly like, God dang. Mm. I really thought I had it figured yeah, out. I'm man. fucking an idiot. Yeah. And then you just laugh and forgive and move on.
1: There's this great Goethe quote, and by the way, my whole life I thought it was Goethe, and then I heard someone pronounce it, and know, it's right? fucking Goethe. Goethe.
0: What the fuck? There's a
1: secret R in there. Right, um, but it's, uh, I will not do you the disservice of treating you as your lower self, but loving your higher self, and I, I butchered that, but the idea is like the greatest love you can give to someone is to act to their higher self to call it forward mm-hmm. like you don't even engage with a small ego yeah. like i don't even care about that i'm trying to connect to your higher self and that's what actually calls it forward it's, it's what paul selig says like the minute you put someone in the cave
0: so the minute you ad- agree with their anger and agree with their yeah. judgment and get triggered by it and are judging them oh that person's unconscious that person's in their small self and blah, blah blah and you're just seeing all of that and like really emotionally engaging that rather than just being the passive observer of that yeah you go right there with them you're walking them hand in hand wherever you want to
1: go however however you're judging somebody you're going there with them you can't fucking help it and the opposite is true the opposite is true is that if you look for their higher self you guys both go flying up towards the sun yep no doubt quest six no true
0: love how aubrey i don't know (laughs) man well we're we are love that's the secret of this like people think you got to go looking for it you got to go find it where do i find true love you're fucking true love you are true love you are true love expressed somatically every second all the fucking time and it's only your fear and delusion that is keeping you from recognizing that state of that state of love and whether that's love that you express amongst other people whether that's love you express with yourself your community your tribe your earth it's always fear that masks that and puts clouds between you and the sun you know so the boss battle there is fear that's a fucking boss man it's a boss and you know we could probably do a whole podcast on fear and you know but really knowing i think the key thing is just knowing that truth is that love is always there it's like the present moment it doesn't go anywhere yeah it's with you constantly like the state of love is with you constantly and it's between whoever you're with constantly because their love too your love their love what's in between i don't know ego fear delusion you know and so it's less about going out and finding love or cultivating love it's about clearing out the other shit you know clearing out all the fear pushing the clouds from the sky so that you can actually feel the sun warming your
1: heart what is something that we could give people listening like a concrete thing that they can do when they're experiencing fear so they can connect to truth you know it's i think the key thing there's a lot
0: of intermittent tactics there's exposure therapy there's ways Mm -hmm. to like handle fear and i think we talk about a lot of those in the go for your win course as well and um but i think the big thing is is to understand who you are so you and knowing that you're love, so you understand that that fear isn't real and it's it's a long journey because yeah. then you have to really understand and identify as that force of consciousness as your christ itself as your divine self your higher self whatever this thing that we've been using consciousness you have to identify as that and understand that that thing is above fear it's beyond fear it's in a yeah. place where fear doesn't exist and so you elevate your understanding to that level And then recognize that, all right, there may be all these other challenges and potential for pain and potential Mm -hmm. for all of this. But that's only temporarily going to touch you because the truth is that you're beyond it. And I would really recommend at this level, you know, it's a shift in identification. Like there's that Einstein quote, you can't solve a problem on the same level that it's created. You know, there's, um, you know, Muji that basically, there's a Buddhist teacher saying that basically, if you're going as your ego and you're going as your mind, you're constantly on fire and if you're trying to put out fires while you're constantly on fire, oh. you can't put out fires while you're on fire. Yeah. Like imagine your hands are just on fire just, and you're trying phew. to tend to fire, right? It's it's, the, it's not going to work. The mightest touch. Yeah. Exactly. The opposite oh, one. Yeah. the opposite one, the fear touch. Anything you do in fear is bound in fear. Yeah. So you elevate yourself to love and just let the fear evaporate. Let the yeah. fires go out on their own because you realize that you're not able to be burned.
1: And I think so a thing that came up in me uh when i asked that question is like people at home can very quickly make a fucking list of like what are 10 things that you are afraid of that you know are stupid and then like once a week could be a fear date like Mm -hmm. you take your your fucking weak ego out on a fear date and do one of the things on that list like one might be like walk up to a girl and ask her for her number Yep. fear date you know, or one might be like
0: collapsing, and again, it's collapsing the delusion exactly that you need her validation to make you worthy of love, because right. that's really what you're afraid of. Like, what is the sting? What is the sting of of rejection if you didn't receive it yourself and use that as a mirror to look back at yourself and not give yourself love? Yeah, there's no difference. You yeah. go up there and you get rejected. It's no different than not talking to them. It's a relationship that's not going to go anywhere, (laughs) right? It's this fucking same thing, but because of our own ego and our uh, look, oh my God, it must mean that I'm ugly or I'm not, whether I'm stupid or whatever. You just quit that because that's all fear and
1: delusion anyways and just
0: open up the possibility. It can only be a net win.
2: Yeah,
1: and I think what people recognize is that the shit that you're afraid of, you aren't afraid of the thing. You have a response to what you think the thing will be And if you consistently make yourself do things that you're afraid of, you recognize that like fear is this psychic cloud that is not ever the thing. And if Mm -hmm. you go do the thing, the cloud moves. Like it can't (laughs) exist in the same place that the event occurs. It's a thing that only exists in your thinking about or anticipating the event. You know? Yeah, it's
0: like it's like a phantom. And you have to identify in the vibratory, in the dimension of that phantom
1: to for it
0: to it, affect yeah, you yeah you know like that's the only way that it can hurt you and as soon as you shift your identification beyond that then the phantom can it tries to slash you yeah. and it goes right through you are like oh would you try to punch me you're a ghost <laughs> Like you missed yeah <laughs> you'll continue to miss because yeah. you're a ghost and it and then it it stops mm-hmm. you know and you just dispel it with the light of your identification
1: and it, it, the same thing happens in dreams is like if something's chasing you in your dreams if you don't look at it 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 runs the whole dream Mm -hmm. but if you turn around and look at the thing at least every experience i've ever had and every experience i've ever heard anyone talk about it the thing that you thought was chasing you if you look at it it's always something like young or weak or small or old or broken that you weren't looking at and i think that that translates to how fear operates in the conscious world and that's the beauty of the psychedelic experience because it's like a lucid fucking
0: dream yeah right so you get that choice to turn and face it you know like the, the devil or the demon comes you get the choice to face it and give it love and watch what happens to it mm-hmm. and i've told those stories a bunch of times from ayahuasca or even a dream that you woke up as soon as you face it and show and be in love it's not gonna it's not gonna fuck yeah. with you yeah oh oh face your shadow quest seven um you know this we basically
1: is, just did that one that was yeah, the
0: segue that's it i mean that's really that's really what about the same thing that we're talking about like to know true love you have to face your shadow so presumably i could have swapped those face your shadow then no true love i think that would have made some sense but it's these are the inner parts of yourself like i guess in the hero's journey like we did in the po- approach the inmost cave you mm-hmm. know like where your deepest shadow lives and where your fear but it's not just your fear so this is slightly different because part of it is your fear and part of it is recognizing the savage nature of the animal itself yeah like that's the there's there's darkness built into the primate so so you talk about quest one it's like knowing your primate like knowing that the muscles get strong like there's weird pleasure impulses from doing bad things 100 like and those are built in because they were evolutionarily of an advantage so you get you get a pleasurable response from things that hurt people yeah that's part of the primate right like that's in every single one that's of in us. every single one of us it deep down in there and that could be something sexual that could be something whatever like however that is there's shadow parts yeah. there's shadow parts that feel good
1: to hurt and like i can recognize it in my own ego that i have to suppress aspects of my shadow because the idea of them being true makes me so or makes my ego so uncomfortable
0: yeah because you want to look at yourself as a good person absolutely a a peaceful person and a kind person and you are because you identify with those things but somewhere in the body
1: is programming for a different choose your own adventure the (laughs) archetype of the murderer of the rapist of the dictator is in every single person and it's so unnerving that A lot of people will do everything they can not to face the shadow, and then that shadow comes and it gets a command position right in your
0: unconscious, and it fucks you up, and it drives you to it. And then you use all kinds of rationalizations to still think of yourself as a good person, but do those things anyways. So you try to steal the good feeling, but without the awareness, so you don't have to judge yourself as
1: being a shitty person. So you use all these rationalizations and justifications, and you know. And the weapon to that boss is love slash it's it's awareness that you've already cultivated at the previous steps, but then it's having love for those pieces because knowing they are there allows you true choice. If you're unconscious of them, they will fucking come up behind you, put a mask over your eyes. Exactly. So awareness first. Awareness is
0: like, what exposes right? What exposes the boss? All the
1: snakes, all
0: the yeah, dragons. Yeah, exposes your boss to the weapon, and then ultimately. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That once the wep- once it's exposed, so it's like a two part. Like you have for to cast sure. the spell to weaken the armor. <laughs> exactly. It's like every, it's like every movie, right? Yeah. It's like how do you lower the defense shields? Lower the defense. Every shield. boss
1: battle can't just be attacked. You have to do something to make it pr- open to the attack. Exactly. And that's This. Yeah. It's like all the
0: star. How do we get the shields to go down for a minute? Right. I don't know. You get the shields to go down for a minute because you become aware of it. And become aware of the issue and then you strike only with love yeah you know and just this recognition like oh there's the savage part of the animal inside me like i love that that's i love i have love for that part i'm not ever going to allow myself to express that because it's not who i am but it's there and i give it love and i recognize it and that just quells it that allows Mm. you to bring it into your conscious out of your subconscious it tames it And it's there and you know it's there and you know that you're a mixed force you're not just all good straight out of the drop you know but you know that now that you can control you're the master and it doesn't master you your demons are not in control
1: there's this great um idea that jordan peterson talked about on one of his podcasts but he was looking at the etymology of the quote from the bible where it's the meek shall inherit the earth Mm. and he was really confused like why is that written like i don't get it And he consulted some scholars and they basically told him that the root of meek, like what that sentence was saying is that those who have swords, but keep them sheathed are the ones who will inherit the world. And so the psychological aspect of that is like that person who can be murderous or monstrous or vicious, but chooses not to, that's the most powerful type of person. Mm. And that takes awareness and it takes
0: ultimately a recognition of that so you're not in constant conflict with it so that you can actually
1: be self and love is what ends any resolution and ends any conflict truly ends because there might be other ways that you think end it but it perpetuates it because it's not over like if you do it in hate or deceit that that dance is not over no
0: i like and, and again psychedelics are a great way to practice this like if something comes at you in a psychedelic trip like fight it Good luck. Pack a lunch. Have fun. We do not
1: advise that you fight it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. have
0: fun because yeah. you're going to, because it's going to love that. And yeah. you're going to be dancing back and forth, fighting. If it's a big snake or whatever, and you're going and it's <laughs> yipping at you and you're dodging it and you're strangling it, and you're, you can win some of those, you know, but you're going to be in the level of conflict until, right, right. You, until you look at it and go, Snake, we're all one, connected at the unicity of all things. You're mm-hmm. acting in the role of resistance. I'm acting in the role of assistance. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I love you and then imagine if it comes at you imagine it just like that ghost trying to bite you but you're not there right. and you just give it love and just watch how calmly that thing goes away because i've tried yeah. both i've tried both <laughs> in the astral and these visions you Yeah, know? and one works one doesn't fucking work and one fills you with terror yeah you know? so that's the uh that's the move and it's counterintuitive because you know you, you think you want to take the sword but your sword is love
1: Yeah, it's you know, so there's the archetype of the king in us, and there's the archetype of the warrior. And ultimately, I think the king archetype is the highest Mm -hmm. archetype, and it's it's the thing that loves and organizes. Like the warrior is great and it serves a function, but the throne is for the king. Yeah. And the main weapon of the king is love. Like Mm -hmm. really the castles and the countries that flourish in the myths is the loving king. It's not ever the warring exactly. It's never the warring king not the fucking sick king it's not the petty monstrous king it's yep. the loving king yep be a mentor quest eight you know i think this is something that
0: is really important because at this level you made it through quest sevens. like you're gonna find a lot of people even if you've made it through quest one right like don't wait to be a mentor till you finish all the quests right like if you've got your physical shit in order okay be a mentor if you've made it to fucking quest two or maybe you've missed quest 1 but you made you passed quest 2 and whatever wherever you are like you'll find somebody who's struggling with that right. thing all you have to do is be one step ahead and be you one can step help ahead, the people behind you and you help the people behind you and, and that will actually make you better by doing it like yeah. if you want to learn teach i think that was Yogi Bhajan that that said that and it's absolutely true like the process of being a mentor will help you reinforce that thing right. that you learn and even if it, if it's a skill like you want to get better at pool like teach someone how to play pool yeah. you know you want to get better at at shooting like teach them because it'll remind you of the fundamentals
1: it'll make you more aware of what you're doing and what you need to keep in mind so it'll always always help and nothing exposes what you don't know more than when you try to teach something to someone because there's this weird game that can happen inside your mind where you think you know something you're like oh yeah i get that but the moment you have to teach another human how to do it you recognize fuck i don't understand this at all Mm -hmm. you know yep exactly so self-limiting belief this idea that who
0: are we to teach you know we still have so much to learn yeah you always have so much to learn always will you know you the master is a perpetual student but at a certain point sharing what you have is the most humble way that you can be of service yeah and and an essential way as well all right um your weapon of course in that is experience any any experiences you have that you've learned from like that's that's your way to to beat these self-limiting beliefs just gather experience get those experience points up you know this is a video game so anytime you learn something every time i beat one of my mini bouts of depression it's another experience point and another lesson another pearl that i can bring in even if it's something similar that i've already learned it's another thing that i can add to sharing with people sharing on this podcast sharing on in some other way where i can play the
1: role of mentor and i think that's the thing that imbues all suffering with meaning is that if you have the intention that one day I can teach this to other humans and they don't have to suffer as much as I do, like mm-hmm. it transmutes the worst suffering into something meaningful if you have the intent that I, I can share this and teach this to other humans so they don't have to suffer as much as me. Yep, exactly. Makes you, it gives meaning gives meaning you know and when you have meaning you can
0: endure pretty much anything when you know the why you can endure anyhow right you know that's true wisdom quest nine is related and i called it serve your medicine and part of it is serving your medicine as a mentor Mm -hmm. but part of it is just singing your song yeah you know in all the ways that you can sing your song and this is you know because so like for me you could say like writing on the day is being a mentor kind of but it's also me serving my medicine it's me catalyzing everything putting myself out there in a big way and singing that song of the medicine song of basically quest one and two which is really what own the day kind (laughs) of covers right and my other books will cover that or being on a big podcast or you know part of you serving your medicine like you've been a mentor in the office you know working with different people helping people on the team mm-hmm. you know you jumping on the podcast and, and dropping that that's you serving your medicine that's you mm-hmm. stepping up and you were fucking nervous right like very so you're nervous before that but you make the choice to go ahead anyway yeah and you make the choice to and for some people like whitney in particular like part of her medicine is actually literally going to literally, be a song yeah you know and she knows it and she's scared to do it but when she gets out there and sings in front of people mm-hmm she'll be serving her medicine and that's that's that final stage that's you know that's coming home that's bringing coming home with the elixir that's that final you know final stage of the hero's journey it's like i've done all this stuff now i'm ready to step up and serve my medicine to those to those
1: i love and what i've witnessed and i'm sure anyone along the path has had this experience too but those things which you are the most nervous before if you go and do the high on the other side is greater than anything oh, man. that that you experience in your life. And it, it's such a weird way to wire us. But it's like it like clockwork. Do the thing you are most afraid of. And the high on the other side is greater than anything that you've experienced. You'll just be vibrating at a whole
0: other level. Yeah. It's like it's fucking wild. When you know that you've really done it, mm-hmm. you know, and I get these moments. I get, when i get these moments they're so crazy it's like a deep stillness and a deep satisfaction you know and it could be like i went on a big podcast or even yeah. i recorded one myself like after the jordan peterson podcast it's like a weird state where i was like wow that one was important yeah you know after well, actually when i went as a guest on tim Ferriss, when i did you know my own the day talks and the book launch like you come off and you go oh shit like, like that was something in entunement that was something that was really special and it's, yeah. i don't even want to talk about it i don't want to jump up and down and cheer it's, it's not sacred. like the exhilaration of like hitting a shot or dunking on somebody yeah. not that i was ever able to jump high enough <laughs> to dunk on people but i imagine <laughs> well, we thought about it we thought about it
1: fucking every night
0: <laughs> but like it's not that thing it's a different thing it's a, like a, a another level and you'll feel that from overcoming those things that you've been terrified of
1: And once you have that experience a couple of times, it actually allows you to reconnect to the fact that fear on some level is your greatest ally, because it is like a radar pointing you to the experiences in life that will be the most rewarding possible. Like that apprehension is drawing you towards parts of the map that you don't know. And if you could change the way that you reactively respond to fear instead of not to do as this thing is showing me exactly the way is to move right into it Mm -hmm. you know and then on the other side is that feeling of i have a destiny i've worked my ass off and i'm hitting the marks yeah i'm hitting the marks on the song of my life yep you're you're living the game of life you're accepting the
0: quests like the fear the the fear shows you the quest it's like how do i know what the my quest shows is? you the quest that's you know, a meme yeah yeah exactly and how do i know in, wow. in a video game it's usually some person in the tavern or some way that you get a note or fucking the raven yeah. comes i don't know whatever the and this in real life it's, it's fear. fear that's going to wow. show and what we're not saying is danger we're not saying like right not the same fear and danger we're not even using those words as sim. danger is a real thing like be aware of danger danger can create technically fear would be the you know what, the only the word time it's happening biologically correctly yeah yeah exactly but the way that we're talking about it, it's not what we're talking mm. about but in, in all other aspects that capital f fear that we're talking about yeah that points the way to your quest so, so spot take, on so take a dialogue and look around and be like all right what's my next quest well i'm afraid of this i'm afraid of this i'm afraid of this. okay let's go public speaking okay and if let's you go. really
1: do that your life will fucking transform so quickly it will barely make sense to you yeah if you <laughs> actively seek out the fear yep it's it's transformed my life in the last year. Yep, no doubt. Um, obviously, self
0: judgment, self criticism. You know, that's what keeps Whitney from singing. That's what keeps people from publishing their book or finishing their screenplay or the podcast. You know, it's all of that thing. that's taking that on, taking that on yourself. Yeah, and and taking somebody else's reactions wrapped in validation fear, and just knowing that forgiveness. You know, like let's say again, I keep using Whitney's analogy, but it's such a clear thing. Like let's say she goes to sing and her voice cracks and she forgets the words like at that point forgiveness yeah for you have to know pre in advance you're going to forgive if you miss that final shot in the game you're going to forgive if you bomb the podcast you're going to forgive your job is to just show up and do your best i would have tried yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I fucking sure. still think about basketball games in high school Same. that I did. Uh, that Same. That I fucked up on. Wasn't right? that important, but I still think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Forgiveness, man. I fucking still. I think about this, man. You know what? One, one that beat me up more than maybe anything was the opening night of my Commedia dell'arte play, uh the Venetian Twins. It was a big play in Richmond, and i was it's an improv play so you're allowed to go off script and just kind of fucking have fun right it's, it's <laughs> yeah. italian comedy you're wearing masks and it's improv and my fucking uh i had like a wardrobe malfunction and my sword fell off my belt and like i've never thought of that as like a possibility because like right. we got a new sword for opening night and like instead of using the other one we had like full costume and like we had dress rehearsal but it wasn't quite the same right and whatever that didn't attach it right and i like i like froze i was like fuck whereas i should have been like you know because you broke the fourth wall in that so i exactly. could have been like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My, my my sword fell stupid <laughs> plastic here and they called someone up the audience hold my sword for me you right know, like, yeah and something like that and it would have been a great moment but i didn't and i didn't have that agility of mind right. i hadn't played that scenario so i like and i could just feel the weight of the Dude. crowd going like <gasps> what happened because they're know? picking up on totally. your fear and right. if i would have just been cool and just you know and i and i i thought about that and i would just cringe right for like for yeah, a dozen man. years after that you know what i mean and ultimately that was not helpful <laughs> <laughs> was 12 not help- years that was no. not helpful 12 years of slave forgive you yeah, were. <laughs> yeah exactly forgiveness it's like yeah. yeah
1: okay i didn't think of that you know yeah oh fine no big deal and and to tie that back to the past thing like a part of your brain was trying to really calibrate if something like that happens again how to act and Mm -hmm. then once you learn that lesson kiss that monster goodbye your story made me think of a story that i still think about um third grade i was king trident for uh, the little mermaid and my one line was uh we are not humans we are mermaids and in front of like all the parents who don't give a fuck of like we are not mermaids we are humans and i still think it's, it's been 20 years man yeah i still think about that sometimes well, humans are funny fucking <laughs> you know what we're, I'm a saying? Funny, we're a funny
0: self-torturing fucking yeah. breed yeah but ultimately the curse yeah, of consciousness learn the learn the lesson and forgive you know and, and i think it was it's also probably for both of us we're not in theater anymore no so That almost makes it worse because we didn't get to make up. We didn't get Mm. to like show that we learned the lesson. Like I didn't do enough improv comedy that the next time I had a wardrobe malfunction, I handled it smooth. Interesting. It could be the conclusion of that journey and like catalyze it. Yeah. In a way. And you never got to deliver that line again. Never again. Just
1: right. You know. Sat in perpetual.
0: So we gotta find the analogy of like how does that apply to life and recognize, oh, we've already been doing those things. I've already been quick enough when something happened on a podcast or I had an opportunity and that is the same thing that is me taking the lesson and learning it
1: but that's actually a great point
0: yeah and final quest okay it's a big one you know and that means knowing that you know okay translating roughly some people say let's go but really a lot of you know talking to danielle Bellelli and people understanding the lakota culture means today is a good day to die yeah which is this principle that i've lived so fully lived so well lived My life, taken all the quests, used fear as a wayfinder, lived in the present moment, found true love, sung my song, shared my medicine. I go to this day with an open heart. And if today is my day, so be it. Okay, hey, let's go. You know, and that is when you're in that state, to me, that is the the highest state. Cause then everything else from
1: there, it's just fucking gravy. You know? That's the peak human state that I don't know if I've ever tasted, but just to know that that is a possibility. Like, and you know, it's weird. Before I really had meaning in my life, I I thought I was here. I thought like, yeah, I could die today, and I'm and I'm fine. But really, it was because I had never accepted meaning fully. Mm -hmm. And then once I took on like, there's a project in my life that I want to work towards my entire life. Now I have fear of death. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you know, and I don't think I've tasted that yet. But uh, it's something that can be aimed at and it's something that it is
0: relative to time right like and relative to understanding that you may not have all the time to do it but have you lived as best you can up to this point right you know and have you put all those things together yeah. so so for me like a big moment of that was you know i actually had a mini moment of that when i finished go for your win because at that point that was the accumulation of a great chunk of my knowledge that was rattling around in my head scattered through a, you know a hundred podcasts but i was like i put it all together in one place and I just finished a big dieta and I just tasted a lot of the different aspects of understanding myself and understanding the world beyond. And and I had this kind of hokahe moment. You know, I was like, oh mm. yeah, I tasted it. And I had another hocahe moment when I tasted, you know, after after own the day. And I've had some after big events where it's like, whew, right? I made it. I made yeah. it through this thing, you know. Each
1: time it happens after you give birth. It
0: does. Yeah. Uh-huh. It happens after I, it happens when I feel like I've caught up you know like the funny thing is like if i've learned a whole bunch and haven't shared my medicine right like it's like i'm holding medicine and the medicine would die with me and if i feel like the medicine would die with me i'm yeah. not in hoka i'm like no 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 not yet uh fucking scr- somebody right. record this like let me record my final thing it's like no like wait wait any last request no let me tell people i love them right don't be the person who needs to tell people you love them right in the fucking right. don't be when the plane is crashing you're thinking like I should have fucking told my kid how much I loved him. I should have yeah. told my wife how much I love. I wish I would have fucking finished that thing I was working on and, you know, whatever. Like, try to get as much of your medicine out as possible. Express that love as freely as yeah. possible so that if it is that time, and I and I think about that in planes, right? Because that's the most out of control yeah. situation you could be. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's my kind of like hoka hey check-in point. Like, if this thing went, in, went down dope. now, yeah. like, how would I feel about it? And I was like, more and more, I've used that as a guide star to be like, you know what i'd feel pretty fucking good you know i'd feel i'd feel pretty good i got at least most of my body of knowledge has been out Out of my body out of my body i've served the medicine i've left the best mark i could i've lived i've loved i've tasted i've experienced i've fucked i've enjoyed i've like i fucking had a human experience here and i think that's that is the guide star and then hopefully when it is our time you know it's just all fucking it's laughs and smiles grace. and kisses and grace yeah. and and it's like hell yeah you know i'd i'd live this thing as absolute
1: best i could if you can go out like like huxley yeah on 400 micrograms given to <laughs> totally. him by his lover let go like let go, sweetie if you want to cry
0: read read uh albus <sighs> huxley's wife's account, a timeless the, moment i think yeah. is what it's called dude yeah anthony bosis reads that as part of his talks and like the first time he read it i'm a huge huxley fan too but i had yeah. never heard that before and i he read that and i was just like it's so beautiful sobbing you know it's like so beautiful and so powerful reframes this kind of and again the boss battle here is attachment right like if you get too attached to this experience then you're never going to be able to be willing to have that moment to let go. You're too attached to the perfection of your right. thing. You're too attached to all your ego. You're, you're too in love attached. with your sandcastle. You're in love with your sandcastle, and you will be terrified. Like, no, no, no! Don't pull the plug. No matter, no matter what. Keep them alive. Keep them on the pumps. You know, there's like no, no grace. grace. Yeah, no grace to the end, because everybody's so attached. They're attached. When it's time, it's time. Yeah. Like if you've lived fully you know you go you go with a smile you rainbow out of this (laughs) bitch just beamed out yeah and again truth you know the truth of it's another weapon and shows up here twice but like really being in truth and not abiding by
1: fear truth love because that is the same thing that's actually a great point is all of this fear battling is to prepare you for the final battle which is the moments where you're dying Yep. and fear will try to take that moment from you and that's when you can practice all the tools mm-hmm. look fear in the face and fucking walk through it like yep. light Yep,
0: yeah walk into your walk into your next transition with a smile it's the way to go okay hey okay hey, okay hey well i'm gonna finish this with a poem i wrote called why kind of cap this whole idea of life as a video game Appreciate everybody for tuning in to this Double Secret Probation podcast. <laughs> what movie we should was have that released from? it. Fuck! <laughs> what movie was that from? Double Secret Probation? I have no idea. Is it like uh Ian! I don't know. Some kind of comedy. Uh, all right. It's called Why. A kid asked me why. He didn't need to say more because in his eyes were alcohol, Adderall, thoughts of suicide. I looked at him and he was me playing a different life. So I answered him. Life is the best video game that we'll ever make. I mean, look around. You gotta admit, the graphics are insane. There are no controllers except for your brain. When your character gets hurt, you actually feel the pain. Not a single level is ever the same. And not only that, you get to have sex in this game. You don't ever have to play alone. We've got 8 billion people in a massive multiplayer, online, offline, inline, at the grocery store. And that's just the people. There are plants and animals, vegetables and minerals, numerous, precious, delicious. Every game has rules. But no matter what parents, pastors, politicians tell you, there is only one rule. Make the game better for everyone. Every game has obstacles, boss battles. That's what makes a game worth playing. So when something comes up inside, B-side, outside, it's just a chance to level up. The dragons make the heroes, the demons make the angels, pressure makes the diamond, iron sharpens iron, and this, right now, will make you. So you can swallow a barrel, or too many pills, hit the reset button. But when you get back home where there is no pain, no struggle, no victory, no gain, you're going to miss this game. So you'll come back again to play another turn inside a new character that will never quite be you. Or maybe by the time you're ready to play again, the world won't be accepting any more plays. Life on Earth, archived by the memory of time, like Sega Genesis from 89. Let me give you a cheat code to get you started. Forgive yourself mercifully. Love yourself ruthlessly. Protect the Earth fiercely. Treat people identically. Compliment generously. Cultivate community. Dance expressively. Have gratitude daily. Orgasm regularly. Forget your history and live presently and if things get a little boring take a few grams of mushrooms and howl at the fucking moon ryan eric get here with me Ah! so just go ahead and play 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 pain play work play laugh so hard that tears well up play fight so hard knuckles swell up play artist painting your masterpiece play hero living your odyssey or play absolutely nothing at all However you want to, just play. This is a game you win over a lifetime, not a day. (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. You guys are the fucking best. Enjoy your fucking hero's journey, whoever you are, and know that we're here in heart, in spirit, in body, in flesh, in every way possible to support you on the path. Much love. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Ryan. Peace. Peace. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to go to aubreymarcus.com slash game of life where myself and Eric Godsey put together a custom PDF to help you follow along with the 10 quests in the game of life. It has some additional practices, some homework you can employ in there to help you along the way. And we just both hope that you got everything that you possibly could out of this podcast and in some way, shape or form, it helps you in your own game of life. So go to aubreymarcus.com slash game of life and download the PDF. So there you have it. One take on what the game of life could be. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this framed things in a certain way and introduced kind of a vocabulary and a structure to a lot of the things that you were already doing anyways and maybe some new stuff as well. That's the idea behind the game of life. Please check in with the Aubrey Marcus website, go to aubreymarcus.com and poke around in there. I would love if you sign up for the newsletter. Every week I pour my heart out and let you know what's going on, my own troubles, my own challenges, my own lessons, and my own game of life. So if you get a chance to sign up there, that would be awesome. There's also a bunch of little gifts and goodies on aubreymarcus.com for anybody who signs up. And also please share this with a friend. You know, I think all of us have somebody that we know that could benefit from getting new information and connecting and learning from this kind of stuff. And it just takes a little bit of effort to go out and share this information with somebody that you care about and see if this podcast can be helpful for them and see if it can start them on a new path or maybe reinforce the same path that they've already been on. And that's you know deeply appreciated by myself because um, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to spread the message as wide and far as possible. And I'm just so grateful for all of you Uh, so many that i get to meet at so many of these events and hear from in so many different ways you guys are the best thanks for the love i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing
2: and uh let's have some fun while we do it much love